0: from the Charlie Pete studios. This is the Ellen Taylor show. We've made it to episode number two. Hello. Welcome to it. The Ellen Taylor show. I am Ellen Taylor. I cannot believe that you guys love this enough for me to feel good enough to come back for an episode two. Thank you so much for the overwhelming response to the premiere. I had a Obviously a lot of time to think about what I was going to put into the first episode and your feedback and just seeing how well it was received motivated me to make sure, of course, that episode two is even better and episode three is even better than that. And so we're just going to keep growing and going and I wouldn't have been able to do that without you. So thank you so much. I got so much feedback and I, again, am overwhelmed by all of it. One of the questions that I got repeated over and over again is, why is the Ellen Taylor show only on Tuesdays? Why can't you be on Monday through Friday? And it is not because I'm lacking of content, because y'all know I can talk for days. I mean, I was on Monday through Friday, both when I was in radio and in television. So why is the podcast only once a week? The answer is simple. It is because I am one person. So I do not obviously have a team like in radio and television, I have producers and editors and... You know, people that would set up cameras and do all of those things. The only thing I had to focus on was the content. And when you go off on your own, you do all of that by yourself. And I would love to grow this to a point where I could bring in a whole team and we could be on five days a week. Uh, the only way I'll be able to do that is with your support. So the first thing you can do to support the show is, of course, listen to it uh, or watch it, whether it's anywhere podcasts are heard or on YouTube. Or, uh, you can support the show by telling a friend, of course, and you can also support the show by, uh giving a little bit monetarily, financially. If you go to Taylor.com, there is a button right there on the website. I've made it super easy for you to do and you can just support the show that way. It can be for as little as 99 cents a month, $4.99 or $9.99. Not, there's no obligation to do that. I feel ugh, about asking, but also what's the saying? Closed mouths don't get fed. And this is the situation the world that we're in. And I also understand that money is tight. So if you cannot, I understand. If you can and you want to, Man, that would be very much appreciated. So again, ellentaylor.com, click on the support the show button there. Another thing that I was very pleasantly surprised at what resonated with you from episode one was uh, the mantra that I had for you, which was and is, I'm the show. Let's go back. I was thinking about what I was going to name this podcast and I was trying to think of like obscure names, something cool, something clever. And then I stopped myself and I said, I'm the show, I'm going to call it the Ellen Taylor show. And I want you to remember that for whatever it is in your world and in your life, that you are the show, you are, you know, the one that's doing it all, whether that is in a podcast, at your job, being a mom, being a friend, whatever it might be, you are the show, I'm the show, I was scrolling through TikTok, and I actually, I love TikTok, I want to play a little clip of one that I, I heard. Let's see. But I want to play this clip for you because I think this is the message that women need to carry in their minds 24 seven. And I was like, I'm the show. I'm the show. Don't let anybody tell you that you are not the main character of your own show. That is so true. Never let anyone tell you that you are not the main character of your own show. That TikTok posted by a good friend of mine. Her name is Tori, uh, Oh, it's Tori underscore D bodega boyfriend update on TikTok. A lot of fun. Thank you for the support, Tori. And thank you for those of you that, you know, posted it on your stories. I tried to reshare without being obnoxious on Instagram. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I also am working on uh, some I'm the show merch. Uh, Hats, swag, all of that. I'm getting samples sent in. So uh, that'll be another way for you to support the show, but also get the message across and remind yourself every day that I'm the show. Do it. Uh, Speaking of being the show and being the main character of your own life and the fact that the number one thing y'all said you wanted to hear on the Ellen Taylor show was about my dating life, this week's episode will end with a can't miss story about my flawed character in the romantic comedy that is my life. Neighbor Sarah calls it the highlight of her year. She made me promise not to omit any parts, actually. And uh, she also, and I quote, said, it has to include the festive Teletubby and Charlie peeing and that you thought God sent you an angel. That is coming up. But first, I'd love to share a tool that has helped me tremendously in my dating life, but also uh, in many aspects of my life. And I think that it could help you. It could help both men and women, both in relationships, but also I think this translates very well to those in leadership positions and management. And this tool is a thing that I love so much. It is called the Enneagram. Enneagram. It's a personality system. I'm going to read the definition used in psychology, business, and self-help. It describes how each of us based on our own individual traits and childhood experiences fits into one of nine different personality types. So, The idea behind the Enneagram is to understand what a person's motivations and fears are. What is their core motivation and what is their core fear? And a lot of times these are hidden unless you actually take the time again to study the Enneagram. So let me explain first the nine different types and then I'll tell you how to figure out which one yours is. And in fact, you might even start to relate to some of these as I explain the nine different types. So number one on the Enneagram is the perfectionist. This is someone who puts a lot of emphasis in following the rules and doing things correctly. So it makes sense that their biggest fear is being imperfect. And because of that, they can be extremely strict, not just with themselves, but with those around them too. Some famous ones are Martha Stewart, Steve Jobs, Michelle Obama. Number two on the Enneagram is called the giver. And twos want to be liked. They want to find ways to help others. And they they do that because they feel that by helping others, they belong. Now, their biggest fear is being unlovable. So uh, a lot of times twos will give, 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 and someone who's not a two sees them as this just like unlimited bucket of love and all of the good things that they just keep giving but we also need to remember that twos need to fill their cup up and a lot of times uh to see themselves as well i give 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 and i don't ever get in return which they don't want to say that they like to get things because that is not their core motivation. So some celebrity choose on the Enneagram include Dolly Parton, makes sense, right? Mother Teresa and Maya Angelou. Number three on the Enneagram, one that I'm partial to is The Achiever. I am a textbook case of The Achiever. Threes want to be successful and admired by other people and they are very conscious of their public image. Now type threes, fear failure and not being seen as valuable by other people. Now that's not to say that threes are stuck up, right? And I think that was the biggest thing that has helped me in learning about the Enneagram is that I always felt guilty about wanting to be the best. I always felt this little bit of shame, like I shouldn't be so motivated motivated by wanting to be the best in my career, the best fill in the blank. But that is really what motivates me. What gets me up out of bed every day is knowing that I can be the best at X, whatever that might be. And again, that's not to say that all threes are media personalities, but no, it is Just someone who is so focused on being the best, that's where they find their value and it makes sense that their biggest fear is being a failure. Some celebrity threes are Oprah, Meghan Markle, and Taylor Swift. Number four on the Enneagram is the individualist. Now fours, they want to be unique. They want to experience deep, authentic emotions. Type fours fear that They're flawed, right? And they are overly focused on how they're different from other people. Famous fours are Rihanna, Anne Frank, and Edgar Allan Poe. When we come to number five on the Enneagram, it's the investigator. And I find this type very interesting personally. Fives seek understanding and knowledge. And they're more comfortable with data than they are people. And I think personally, I find this type very interesting because it is so different from how I think, and it has been so nice to study the Enneagram and understand that all because someone is focused on data doesn't mean that they don't care about a person. They just process the world better when they look at facts and, again, data. Now, The biggest fear of the investigator of the Enneagram 5 is being overwhelmed by their own needs or the needs of others, right? So getting in those emotions doesn't make sense in their brain because they need it to make sense to them. And to make sense of things is 2 plus 2 equals 4, but we know humans don't always work like that. Some famous number fives on the Enneagram include Kurt Cobain, Bill Gates, and Stephen Hawking. I'm a big example person, so I'm hoping that these examples help Uh, you understand a little bit more about these different personality types. Number six on the Enneagram is called the skeptic. Sixes are preoccupied with security, they want safety, and they like to be prepared for problems. Someone that I think we all want or could use or find benefits from in our life. And that is not to say that uh, one personality type is better or worse than the other one. that's not the case. There are just nine different personality types and we are talking about number six, the skeptic. So the biggest fear for type sixes is being unprepared and unable to defend themselves from danger. Some celebrity sixes include Princess Diana, Jennifer Aniston, and Malcolm X. Number seven, oh, sevens hold a very special spot in my heart. Sevens are called the enthusiasts. We know, you, you know a seven, okay? They want to have as much fun and adventure as possible. They're the ones that are always go, 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 go. And they are easily bored, which is why they're always off doing something. So it makes sense that type sevens fear emotional pain. If they slow down enough, they're going to feel sadness and they don't want to feel that. So they're just going to go, 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 go. Some famous sevens on the Enneagram, Katy Perry, John F. Kennedy, Robin Williams. Robin Williams, I think, is a great, great example. Number eight on the Enneagram, the challenger. Eights see themselves as strong and powerful and seek to stand up for what they believe in. The greatest fear of the type eight is to be powerless. So they focus on controlling their environment. These are people who see things very black and white. When they make up their mind about something, that's it. But if you have a friend who is an eight, they will go to war for you. But if you do something that... Uh, doesn't sit right with them they're gonna be the first ones to tell you some famous eights some famous challengers martin luther king chelsea handler mark cuban and number nine on the enneagram is the peacemaker nines like to go with the flow and they let people around them set the agenda that is what they enjoy um let me talk about the fear first, then I got a story for you. Type nine fear pushing people away by prioritizing their own needs, and they tend to be very passive. So, some famous peacemakers are Queen Elizabeth, makes sense, Ariana Grande, and Owen Wilson. I don't talk too much about my dating life because, um, one, I'm a three on the Enneagram, right? And I my biggest fear is failure and obviously since I am not married I have failed in that and so I don't like to air that out I also understand that um the people that I date have not signed up for this public lifestyle so I like to respect their privacy um so I'm not naming names by any means and this person I don't think is anyone that anybody would it doesn't matter um got on the dating apps and I matched with this gentleman, very nice guy. And I found out we were kind of chatting about the Enneagram. It's one of my prompts. And I found out that he's a nine on the Enneagram. And all of the things started to make sense. Like I wondered why this guy wasn't asking me out on dates. Like he wasn't taking the initiative to really do it. Cause I totally would have like, he was kind of beating around the bush and I was making it very obvious, like, bruh, Ask me out on a date, I'll go. And then once I realized that he was a nine on the Enneagram, I was like, oh, okay, this type of person is happy just doing whatever, and I would need to take the lead in that. Now, for me personally, I am very traditional when it comes to dating and gender roles, which may seem a little odd considering the fact that I am such a boss and such an alpha in my career. But I want to take a step back and I want a man to lead. That's just what I prefer. Again, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. That's just what I prefer. And I realized very quickly that this gentleman who was a nine on the Enneagram um, was not going to be a good fit for me. Does that make him a bad person? Absolutely not. Does that make him the best person for me? Also, no. So ever since finding out about the Enneagram, again, I've felt a lot of validation and more understanding of me as a person. I have taken the tools and the little bits of things that I know about the Enneagram and I have really kind of tried to incorporate that into my dating life. It it doesn't work a hundred percent of the time at all. (laughs) I recently matched with someone who I think was also a, a three and Even though I know how I function, seeing how I function in somebody else, long story short, I just turned into a weirdo and it just didn't work out. And I don't know if threes are just meant to be together or if I've got some more work to do, probably the latter. Um, But I also think that the Enneagram is very... Such a good tool to have if you're listening to this and you're in management or in a leadership type of role, because understanding how your employees, your teammates work and receive messages um, and, and the best way to motivate them, it is an invaluable tool to have in every aspect of your life. So again, the Enneagram is not based on like, oh, well, what what day were you born on? You're a Capricorn, you're like this. Because I don't think my astrology sign, which I am a Capricorn, I don't think that really resonates with me. But the Enneagram is really kind of based in uh, the behavior sciences, right? It's not just this foo-foo stuff. So I really suggest you digging deep into your personality type. Uh, you can go online and find a uh, free Uh, test there and uh, figure out what your personality type is and then start digging into the other ones. So you can go online. My favorite website is truity.com, T-R-U-I-T-Y.com for the Enneagram test. But when it comes to relationships and dating, I think another tool that's really beneficial is learning about attachment theory. I learned about this theory I want to say maybe in 2014, 15. Honestly, I don't know how I came across this book, but it is fascinating. The book on attachment theory is literally called Attached. It's a white cover, has a red kind of like magnet on it. I will link it at ellentaylor.com. It was written by a psychiatrist and a neuroscientist, Dr. Amir Levine and Rachel Heller. Okay, so they scientifically explain why some people are able to navigate relationships easily and why others struggle. We rely on science to tell us what to eat, how much to sleep, um, when to exercise. So why are we not using science to help us improve our relationships? It makes sense. Now, attachment theory... There are four different attachment styles that make up the attachment theory. One is an anxious attachment style. And that is someone who's really preoccupied with the relationship that they're in. There's always worry. Um, Does this person really like me? Even though I'm getting the words of affirmation, do they really mean it? Uh, I, I hate to admit I have an anxious attachment style. <laughs> um It doesn't matter how many times someone says, oh, I like you, I'm interested in you. I'm going to find a reason in a way uh, that it's not going to work out. In fact, just over the weekend, I had said to this gentleman that I was talking to on the dating apps, I said, yeah, I'm a very big words of affirmation person, which is true. I need to hear it or else I don't believe it. And so he was throwing out some compliments. He called me like the cutest recycler ever. And I made a joke about it and I laughed it off. And he was like, well, for someone that's really words of affirmation, you have a really hard time with the receipt. And he wasn't wrong. I do because I am always suspicious. I'm always suspect uh, because I have an anxious attachment style. Um, Another attachment style is the avoidant. And that is someone who... Thinks of intimacy as uh, if they get intimate with someone, they're giving up all of their personal freedoms and they don't want to do that. They don't want to lose their independence. So they're always trying to minimize closeness. That doesn't mean that they don't want a relationship, but their fear is that they're going to be smothered really bad, right? When you get an avoidant and an anxious personality together, that is just kaboom for sure. Uh, the other, uh, attachment theory is that there's another type, which is the anxious avoidant. And now you've got both of them, the avoidant who wants to run away, but then when they don't run away, they actually do get suckered, not suckered. And that's not the right word, but they get into a relationship and now they're anxious. And so they're anxious and they push people away all at the same time. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Um, And I say that because I think I've dabbled in that little area as well. And then the fourth is, of course a secure attachment style. And that's someone who's very comfortable being in a relationship. They understand the priority that the relationship takes, but they also know that they have their own life and that their partner has their own life and that's okay. And they're not anxious and worried about what's that person doing when I'm not around or when they are together. Oh my gosh, I'm being smothered. So Uh, attachment theory is very fascinating. The book attached is an easy read for anyone to, and it'll help you um, figure out which attachment style you have. Also, Help you figure out what attachment style maybe you're attracted to, you are in a relationship with, like what's your partner's attachment style. And it'll help give you kind of a roadmap to build stronger and more fulfilling relationships, not just with romantic partners, but with anybody in your life. Now, I don't claim to be an expert in attachment theory, I don't claim to be an expert in the Enneagram, but I found these tools. I found that they help me and I hope that they help you. But then there are some moments in life that you're completely unprepared for. No matter how much studying you do, no matter how much self-reflection you do, you are unprepared. And I was unprepared for this moment. It's July 2020 and I am sitting exactly where I am right now except in July, 2020, there wasn't a desk here. I had two little chairs and it's right by Charlie's food bowl, which Charlie's food bowl is still out. Um, so I would have my coffee here every morning Charlie's eating his breakfast again, summer 2020. And I live on the first floor. And as I'm sipping on my coffee, I look out and there's a black SUV that pulls up and parks right out front. No problem. Uh, the problem happened when, the most beautiful man I've ever seen in my entire life gets out of this car. And I'm like, what is that? <laughs> I, just, I had no words. And at first I'm thinking, maybe this is just like quarantine eyes. Maybe he's not really that good looking. Oh, I, I before I recorded this, I looked him up again on Instagram and, and he is that beautiful. Easily the most handsome man I've seen in my entire life. And he's right outside my window. And before I can start even planning our wedding in my head, because of course I was going there, uh, his friend gets out of the car and this dude is abnormally tall. Immediately, I recognize this friend. NBA player, first round pick for the Detroit Pistons, Andre Drummond is right outside of my window. What? Come to find out, Uh, he knew someone that also lived in in my apartment building. And over the next couple of months, I would see... Andre and his friend, the God, uh, I would see them often kind of coming and going. And I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to talk to him. Not Andre. I don't care about him. I don't care about athletes. You know, like what I do for life. I talk to plenty of them. A lot of them are my friends. I don't care. Um, but when it comes to an Adonis, now that I care about, especially being a single woman in the middle of a pandemic, which is very hard to date. And my biological clock is ticking and I'm like, oh my gosh, here is this man. Annie's beautiful. I need to make something happen, but I don't have the guts because, and this may come as a surprise, when it comes to my career, I am such an alpha. When it comes to my public life, I am very much a boss. I get things done. I am the leader. I do it. When it comes to dating, I am a pansy. I am a little girl. I am a wuss. I am a, you fill in the blank, whatever it is. I also really like when men take the lead it's affirming for me so I never like to make the first move by any means and that includes apparently even showing any man that I'm interested in them because when I do I end up turning into a weirdo and it's odd and well it explains a lot of things so um Over the next couple of months, I see them a couple of times, and I never have the guts to say anything to them. Now, we're going to fast forward to December 2020, end of November, beginning of December 2020. So it's been about six months at this point. I see these guys often enough to where I should say something, but I don't. This, I am at the peak of my first holiday season being an online store owner, right? Charlie P selling clothes, and it was frantic and busy and I'm doing it all myself. So my day literally consisted of packaging up orders every day. And I had so many that I would use this big box to put all of the order the packages in and then take the big box, lug that out to my car every day would make a frantic dash to the post office at like 445 before they closed at five o'clock. Like, that's just how I rolled. Like poor Charlie knew. Charlie knew to expect. Like I was going to freak out. We're going to go for a trip and and we're off. So this day was not unlike any other day. I take the packages. I put them in this cardboard box that was a toilet paper box, like a big toilet paper box. And in case you forgot that it was a toilet paper box, it has the words butt crumble, (laughs) Literally printed all over it. I don't care. I need this box to carry things. And I get Charlie. I get my box of butt crumble. (laughs) I cannot believe this. I can't believe I'm telling the story. And I'm wearing a red sweatshirt. I don't know why I'm wearing a red sweatshirt. And uh, I grab my coat, whichever coat was closest to me. And it's this gold puffer jacket. So here I am looking like a festive freaking Teletubby. (laughs) Because again, it's December. (laughs) And I'm not skinny Whatever, and I get Charlie, and I grab my box of butt crumble, and I go to lock the door, and as I lock the door, and I walk to my car, I turn, and there they are, literally, Andre Drummond and this god of a man are right there, right in front of me, and where is Charlie peeing right in front of them essentially on their feet really kind of marking his or my territory I'm mortified which doesn't even happen that often I'm sweaty now just thinking about this okay and I look and I make eyes with Andre and he realizes that I recognize him he probably thinks I'm recognizing him and I'm like oh, a basketball player I'm recognizing him because I know The God is literally standing next to him. And the God is so beautiful that I can't look at the God. So I'm going to look at the athlete. I don't know. The other guy standing there. So he runs upstairs real quick. And now it's just me and the Adonis. It's just him and I. This is my moment to say something. And do I say anything? Absolutely not. (laughs) I grab Charlie. I put him in the back of the car. And I realize I have a box of butt crumble in my hands. So here I am shoving everything in this car trying to act cool absolutely not looking like I'm cool at all and he was parked right next to me and so somehow we kind of like rubbed shoulders or whatever and I said oh you know excuse me he's like oh no problem instantly pheromones. I was so close that I smelled this man now and I lost it. Here I am, I'm sweating. I am a sweaty freaking Teletubby. I have my dog and a box of butt crumble. I cannot get out of this situation fast enough. So I get in my car and I book it to the post office. I text Sarah and I'm like, oh my God, literally a man has been delivered to my doorstep. I need to go back and say something. Guys, I was genuinely convinced that God had delivered me a man to my doorstep. (laughs) When I get back to my car, when I get back to my apartment, thank God, actually, they're gone. But I'm thinking, okay, okay, Ellen, like, we have to do something, right? Like, God delivers you this man, but it's up to you to, like, take it all the way. So what am I going to do? I am not a stranger at sliding into the DMs. I also have no problem, again, talking to professional athletes by any means, and, um, Quite frankly, I'm a big deal myself, so I'm not really (laughs) phased. So what do I do? I send Andre Drummond a DM because, again, I don't know anything about his friend. If I knew his friend, I would have slid into the friend's DMs, but I don't. I know Andre. And I send him, let me actually pull it up right now. I send Andre Drummond this DM that says something to the effect of, oh, wait, here it is. (laughs) I say, November 25th, 2020 i'm sliding in the dm but not for you who is the friend you were just now in front of my apartment with i talk for a living but i couldn't say shit because i was drunk off his pheromones i cannot believe i actually said that and why i thought that was i don't know he responded fairly quickly let me see here he responded yeah about 10 minutes later and sends me the friend's instagram and says enjoy And I wrote, hey, give me a heads up when you bring him through again so I don't look like a festive Teletubby next time. He said, you can hit him up. He's always with me. He's my driver. He's my older brother with like the smiley crying emojis. So I don't normally hit up boys or at least that's what I try to tell Andre Drummond cause I was trying to make myself look cool, but again, I've obviously not come off as cool at all. I send this ridiculously long DM to the Adonis, like to the point, like it's embarrassing long to like, I say like, Hey, this is what I do for life. This is why I'm a catch. I even went as far as to say, Hey, I also had a one too many cheeseburgers during quarantine, but we're working on that. No, we're not. <laughs> no, we're not. I was acting like a complete weirdo. Uh, Like, I'm cool. I'm I'm fine. A day goes by, nothing. A couple more days goes by, crickets. I text, I DM, not text. I DM Andre again. Like, hey, did your friend see my message? Girl, it's been like five days at this point. If he hasn't messaged you back, he saw the message and he just wasn't interested. But my dumbass is like, hey Andre, did your friend see my? Of course he did. He's not interested. He never responded, and deservedly so. God did not bless me with this man. God blessed me when this man's friend moved out of my apartment building and I never had to see them again. (laughs) Do all of my dating stories turn out like this? Absolutely not. That is an extreme case. But again, I'm a three on the Enneagram. My biggest fear is failure, which is why... I don't talk about it. And Lord help me, if you're a man that's interested, please know, or you probably know now because you've listened to this episode, that I have an anxious attachment style. And while I am pretty cool for the most part, my weird is going to show every now and then until I get comfortable and secure in the relationship. So if you have the patience and understanding and the cheat codes when it comes to Ellen Taylor... You can figure me out. I don't make it easy, and I really still have this dream in my head that this perfect person for me will come into my life and have the patience to (laughs) deal again with my weirdness and uh, stick around long enough to see the Ellen that I show to you. It's so wild to me that I can be more comfortable on a podcast speaking to a camera and into a microphone than I am one-on-one with an individual, especially a man that I might be attracted to. Even just admitting all of this makes me want to go and pop a Xanax. (laughs) So I'm probably going to do, I mean, I'm not joking. Like, I'm so sweaty. I think I'm wearing a sweater, so... God, you don't see like stain. I'm okay. We're going to stop being weird. Now I am (laughs) going to put links to everything. The Enneagram, how you can take your own personality test uh, online at ellentaylor.com. I also will link the book called attached based on attachment theory. I think you should look into that as well. And of course, if you can, please go and support the show at ellentaylor.com because your girl needs to buy some deodorant because now she's a sweaty mess. All right. Uh, And if you're looking to add a furry friend to your family, please, please, please do not shop, adopt. This is, oh my God, an embarrassed Ellen Taylor for the Ellen Taylor Show.